I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com All right, Seth, I dare you to call the Saudi Arabian fans fickle. Yeah, I saw that interview that he did a couple of days ago uh, saying that the fans are fickle. And it's funny because goops that talk on both sides of their mouth online, they criticize Seth Rollins for months and months and months and months and months. And then Seth Rollins calls those fans fickle on Corey Graves' podcast, and they actually say they agree with Seth Rollins. Motherfucker, Seth Rollins was talking about you. I got the Hogan finger out. You. They were talking about you. 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 Um, But, hey, Saudi Arabia was not embracing Seth Rollins all that much tonight as well. But I have quite a few things to talk about this uh, crown jewel pay-per-view. What's up, everyone? Don Tony here, and welcome to your WWE Crown Jewel pay-per-view recap for October 31st, 2019, Halloween. I hope everybody is enjoying it, especially for the younger listeners out there. I know here in New York, the weather was really shangata today, but maybe you still have some time to sacrifice, uh, you know, getting out, do a little trick-or-treating, getting some candy, and uh, enjoy yourselves. And for, for those going to costume parties tonight, have a great time as well. And uh, look, the uh, women's match. I wrote this soon as we found out that a women's match was going to occur on Crown Jewel. Natty versus Lacey Evans. And I always have to stress and repeat that when I criticize, I usually criticize podcasters and websites because I don't want to criticize fans, you know, listeners, all of you out there, because I am a fan just like all of you are. But you would think, all right, maybe you forgive them for the ricochet outfit today, which I'll get into in a little bit. You know, you forgive them for certain things. 
But when you're a, a podcaster or a radio host or you do video or you're on satellite radio or you have a website or you're a blogger or you're a, a news reporter, you, you, you're supposed to be a little bit higher on the food chain as far as your knowledge goes. And when they announced this match, the thing that I read over and over and over again, and I know a lot of you read it out there as well, oh, Natty and Lacey again? Oh, why? Oh, why would you do that? Oh, look at this roster. Oh, 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 I'm coming. Oh, oh. You saw that hug after? You saw those legit tears? You understand why WWE needed to have those two women represent. Sure, you could maybe argue Charlotte being that as well uh, in for that match, but Natty, even though you know she's not over like a lot of other wrestlers are, and yes, she may be a little bit past her expiration date as far as you know being a mainstream talent. But she is such a great ambassador for WWE. She's a great ambassador. How do you think you're going to have almost anyone else? And I don't want to start name dropping certain women on the WWE roster. That is totally unfair. But Natty is such a great ambassador for that company. She has no controversy associated with her name. There's nothing thug about her. There's nothing, you know, and, and I saw even people commenting, oh, there we go, blonde-haired women getting pushes again. You got to just, that's noise, everybody. You got to just get that, just ignore it. Ignore those people out there that are just looking for tweet hand jobs. Today, it's not trick-or-treating. It's trick and tweet fucking. That's what it is. Natty is the ultimate ambassador to have such a historic moment take place in Saudi Arabia. And yes, I'm not ignorant. I know that there's been other women who have performed in Saudi Arabia. But as far as the world of pro wrestling goes, as far as WWE goes... This is much different because WWE is a global fucking, you know, just a, it's, they're huge. I mean, WWE, you cannot compare WWE to a tiny little indie company or this, this, and that. And yes, I, I will always acknowledge that the knockouts were in, in that neck of the woods performing years ago, but they are such a gigantic conglomerate. And they set the bar. I mean, they really do as far as entertainment goes. When you have something that big, everybody talks about it. Everybody reports it. Everybody covers it. So to have Natty, that is just a, a logical answer. Lacey Evans, if you don't know her background and her, her military background and everything about her, is just top-notch personality, attitude, just everything. And when you saw those tears, let's be honest, and I will admit this as well, for every fucking goof guy goof out there that you'll rip this all week or rip, you know, about them being in a match, and then after everything, after everything, they ripped that they were going to have to be in full dress because they don't understand about the no-skin rule 
in Saudi Arabia, even though I'm waiting for Goofs tonight to talk about how Sister Abigail showed skin. The cartoon little graphic, we saw a little bit of chest skin, big no, 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 no. I'm waiting for Goofs to do that. But, you know, for the people early in the week, oh, they're going to be fully clothed. Oh, Natty and, and Lacey, and, and, yeah. And then because you see the tears and then because you see the emotion and then it hits you how important it is. What do you do? You do a fucking 180 and you write, oh, if you can't be choked up about this moment, then you're not a human being. You're not a man. You're not a person. Fuck you. Fuck you. You don't all of a sudden have emotion simply because that's the most popular thing to talk about online. And you know what? Let's do the reverse. You saw, maybe you didn't, but if you caught it, you saw water bottles being thrown at Natty. I think Lacey Evans got one as well. In defense, I think Ric Flair got hit with one too. All right. And when you see these naive morons online, oh, I'm going to just write it up as one douchebag, one scumbag, one piece of shit that's in the crowd. They do no research whatsoever. Listeners that follow my content that live in Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, and others will admit this and vouch for this. All right. There is a culture out in Saudi Arabia that is very, very different than what we have in the United States. Was this an important moment as far as women in Saudi Arabia? It's a tiny little step, but it's still a step. And if you think that it was just one drunk dumbass or one random dumbass to throw that water bottle, believe me, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There is a ton of of people in Saudi Arabia that are totally against seeing Natty and Lacey Evans in that ring. So you might've only saw one water bottle today, but I guarantee you there was a ton of people in their mind who wished they could throw water bottles at them. And that is terrible, but that's just the way it is in that area. It's been that way for fucking hundreds, if not thousands of years. It's not going to change overnight, but I'm pretty confident that it will. Now, let's see where it goes from here, but it was a, a wonderful moment, and I hope everybody can get past the fact that it was Natty and Lacey again, rolling the eyes, and it, it's something totally, totally bigger than that. Some things are just bigger than, you know, us being casual wrestling fans. And you, if look, I'm a guy, I will never understand because I'm a guy. I never went through that type of bias. You know, when you see grown black people, black men, black women, former WWE wrestlers, current WWE wrestlers crying their eyes out when Kofi won a title, all right? I don't understand that. 
because I'm not black. I've never been in that position. I've never had to really be treated that way and, and feel so inferior for doing nothing wrong. I'm not a woman either. I don't know what it feels like to be a person that you know in certain areas of the world that you're an outcast, that you are inferior, that you do not have the rights of others. I am not gay. I don't know what it's like to, to, to see and feel that emotion because just because I like the same sexual orientation in some countries, I am killed over it. So me, I could never feel the emotion that those two women felt, that black people felt when Kofi won. When you see people that can actually come forward and, and, and reveal that they're gay and not be mistreated over it. I will never understand those emotions. I will never feel, I understand it, but I will never feel those emotions. So if you can't feel those emotions, if you don't fall into that class, sometimes the best thing to do is take a step back show respect, and close your fucking mouth. That's why I didn't tweet anything but once a couple of days ago that Natty and Lacey were the perfect choice to have the first match uh, in, in Saudi Arabia for WWE. And that's it. That's it. There's no need to go further. There's no need to try to put your... If you don't feel that emotion because you don't fit in these classes, you know, you can't a part of every fucking thing that's going on hey everybody can can i join you all hey everybody i see everybody hugging and tearing and everybody talking about how powerful this is hey can i be part of that too can i be part of that too sometimes you got to take a step back and just let people be happy and this was a very powerful moment and good for them good for all women that were emotional about it and by the way i know a few of you asked i'm actually trying to find out i don't know who that woman was at ringside the the only thing that was been told to me to so far is that she was very instrumental in convincing you know the the saudi government to allow natty and lacy wrestle that match all right that's that's all i know i don't know any more any less i don't don't know it, it, somebody told me that she was part of this big sports council i don't know i don't know i'm sure not only will we find out through some websites but i i would think that wwe has to give her a little bit of props for it but yeah throwing the bottle i think was absolutely disgusting it's disgusting but to think that that's just a random person doing that you know do a little research do a little history you know, and, and, you know, I might as well say this, too. And, I yes, I write it off, you know, for people just not knowing. All right. But, you know, it, people saw Ricochet's outfit today. And how many of you out there were seeing these grown-ass adults? What the hell is Ricochet wearing? He thinks he's really a superhero. He... Uh, what is he wearing? What is he doing? Oh my God, I thought Shorty G's outfit was bad. It's Halloween. He is dressed like the anime uh, All Might. You know, for anybody that doesn't know All Might, you know, he's an, from an anime series, My Hero Academia. And, you know, in, in that series, I mean, he's like a giant superhero. That is what Ricochet dressed up as today 
It's funny to see 50 and 60-year-olds out there ripping the fuck out of Ricochet, but we're orgasming when fucking Rey Mysterio dressed up as Spider-Man 20-some-odd years ago, all right? Do a little research. Before you open your mouth and you're like, my God, Ricochet thinks he's really a superhero. Maybe you should just check and see. Well, you know what? It is Halloween, and maybe I am dressed up as an outdated gallon of milk way past my expiration date but i stay in the refrigerator refrigerator anyway and hopefully people will think that i'm not expired milk you know do a little research hey you know could ricochet possibly have dressed up at someone for halloween so there is your answer so if you want to google and i look i know some of you are going to ask me hey dt do you watch my hero academia do you know anything about all might before this and to be honest with everybody out there, no, I never watched that before. I don't know nothing about it. But I, what I did was before I opened up my mouth and sound like a moron, I did a little research to see. No, I never liked Pokemon either. You know, I was, I was more into like the generic, you know, as a kid, like Woody Woodpecker and Tom and Jerry, you know, I, I those type of cartoons. But, you know, like the this was a space rider all i know is that when i used to go to this club in howard beach called you know butterfingers way back in the day i remember at like one two o'clock in the morning for some goddamn reason when they would have the tvs going while the dance music is playing they would be showing like some japanese cartoon it was like speed racer or something like that yeah he's a speed racer and i would always see it at two o'clock in the morning and here i am in a fucking club trying to have a couple of drinks hopefully that you know i'll be able to pick up something out there that that has a pair of tits you know and by two o'clock in the morning everybody looks sexy and i'm looking up and you know i'm watching fucking japanese cartoons this is what the clubs put on at two o'clock in the morning i was never into those type of things but when i saw the ricochet thing i said all right you know let me go check it out and that's the deal so anyway wwe crown jewel you know it amazes me that we have had a few Saudi Arabia events already and people out there, you know, in the reporting land still don't get the difference between the way WWE handles the Saudi Arabia show and all their other pay-per-views. This is feel good for Saudi Arabia. This is more of entertaining them, giving them, you know, the, the WWE experience and yes, you will see matches that do not make sense. You will see outcomes that you may question. The problem when you predict a lot of these Saudi Arabia events as far as match results is, is you may think about things as far as an everyday basis, but as far as WWE goes in Saudi Arabia, you have to think things a little bit differently. But I, I definitely need to open up with one thing. Anybody out there that ever watched the movie The Godfather? You remember the scene where Robert De Niro blows fucking Don Fanucci, shoots him in the mouth, fucking blows his brains out, kills him? Do you remember the whole story why he did that? Don Fanucci was a godfather. Don Fanucci would shake down all the local stores in the 20s, and he would, you know, get make everybody pay him protection money and he would fucking be this fat greasy white 
you know, suited pimp, and he would walk around the neighborhood, and he would just, you know, shake down all of the stores. So Robert De Niro in that movie, he's very, very poor. I mean, my God, the scene where he comes home and his wife is almost having an orgasm because he brought home one pair. And there's a scene where he's working in this fucking little deli or whatever, and Don Fanucci walks into the fucking store with his nephew, Santiago Fanucci. And then you don't see nothing, you don't hear nothing, but Fanucci is talking to the fucking owner of the store, and then the next thing you know, Fanucci pats the fucking guy on the head, Don Fanucci walks out, and San Diego Fanucci, Matarazzi, is still standing there. And what happened? Fucking Don Fanucci went in there and said, look, you give my fucking nephew the job. And because the store couldn't afford to have both of them working there, he fired Vito Corleone. So Vito Corleone fucking blew Don Fanucci's head off. Why am I saying all this? Because playing the role of Don Fanucci is Mohammed bin Salman al-Sad. Playing the role of Santiago Fanucci is Mansour. Playing the role of Vito Corleone is Cesaro. The difference is Cesaro obviously didn't, you know, stand up to Mohammed bin Salman al-Sad. But let's be honest. Even though everybody and their mother, if you put a gun to my head the last week or so and said, you have to pick one outcome correctly from this pay-per-view, otherwise I'm blowing your fucking head off, I would have chose Mansoor. I think everybody and their mother knew because he's the hometown guy, because this is pandering to Saudi Arabia, that Mansoor motherfuckers should get a title shot the next time they have a show there. But... I got to be honest with everybody out there. Mansoor versus Cesaro, my favorite match of the night. I went into this just like last year. Up oh, here we go. You got to have that moment. You know, oh my God, I hit the lottery. I won the Super Bowl. Hey, you just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to Disneyland. Mansoor, you know he was getting that win. You know Don Fanucci fucking said, hey, Cesaro, Paisan, you're doing the job here, and you're going to shut your fucking mouth, and you're going to deal with it. And Cesaro's like, all right, you know, hey, at least I'm getting some money this time around instead of losing my job. But Mansoor really, really stepped up. And for the people out there, you know, that are making fun of him and because he's got a beard, oh, he looks like a Seth Rollins ripoff. Oh, because he's, he's small, he's another 205 Live guy. Please stop watching wrestling. Please find something else to do. Today, I'm at work in my office and I watched three quarters of crown jewel in my office and when a customer would come in i would just minimize the screen for a couple of minutes take their payment rush out of the office all right all right i gotta all right i i, I gotta go take a leak bye-bye 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 and i would put it right back on and i'm on social media and i am doing general searches on twitter to see you know what people are saying to if i missed a minute or two you know what did i miss or whatever and i also wanted to see who that woman was that was hugging natty and lacey evans or whatever but you know i, I tell you man i never saw today not only did it reveal how many people are truly unemployed but not only unemployed, those who claim that they work that, you know, just magically home all day long, you know, and just watching this thing religiously. But today, I never saw so many grown men 
menstruating. I mean, just menstruating because of this show. Who the fuck told you that you had to watch this show? I didn't watch the first Saudi event because I did it as a little protest for myself that women weren't allowed to work the show. I didn't fucking tweet fuck it to the whole world that, hey, I'm making a statement. Join me. Join me. I'm the Jordan Miles towards women in Saudi Arabia. No, I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to block this pay-per-view. If you know it sucks that bad, if you're that triggered about Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez, and by the way, people agree with me that Tyson Fury is just so much more likable than Cain Velasquez. Is it just me, but you kind of wish that you would like turn on, and I'm saying this to be like an asshole right now, don't you wish like you kind of would turn on the news and find out that Cain Velasquez got arrested in like some MS-13 raid? There is nothing about Cain Velasquez that I really like at all. And I never really watched much of Tyson Fury at all, but Tyson Fury, man, he comes off to me as likable. That guy is a current boxing champion. So he is so guy. You knew, you knew that there was a risk that we might. Have. Who is that fucking Pac-Man Jones? That's what I was worried about more than anything. I honestly thought that before they even started getting into it, that some fucking schmuck comes out to the ring and gets destroyed or knocked out by fucking Strowman and fury and it's a squash because this is saudi arabia man they pay fucking two five million dollars to work five minutes man brock lesnar people are like oh my god why is brock lesnar opening the show because it was going two minutes that's all it was you know you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot you cannot look at some saudi arabia matches and fucking turn around and analyze it comparing to regular pay-per-view events. If the Saudi prince says, you know, uh, if he's a fan of MMA, oh, we paid $10 million, Velasquez Lesnar. I want Velasquez Lesnar. No, all right, well, you know, but we really, uh, Velasquez, uh, two minutes. Hey, $10 million. If you out there have millions and millions of dollars and you go on an eBay auction and you see something on eBay that you gotta have, you gotta have, even if it's just a, a you, this, I don't know, you got some collectible that you gotta have and that collectible, it's only like a part of it, but you haven't seen it in years and years and years and you gotta have it for yourself. Even if it's a, a torn ticket stub for a baseball game that you always wanted to go to or WrestleMania that you had the opportunity to go to, but you never could go. And you go on fucking eBay and for the first time in all these years, oh my God, somebody has it up on eBay, but it's torn, but it's only a piece of it. But hey, I, let me fucking win that auction. I could tell everybody, see, I went to this event. Look at my ticket stub. And then you fucking overpay for it. You know you're not getting much. Hey, listen, man. You know, I hope you know what you're paying for. I don't give a fuck. You're $10 million. Give it to me. Give me what I want. Give me what I need. That's what this is. That's what Lesnar and Velasquez is. The fuck is going to happen after this? Velasquez is going to have the Brock Lesnar contract. This was just basically <laughs> nothing. This was nothing. And they tried to cover it up with the chair shots. You know, and the one thing that I I actually laughed about the most with that was Rey Mysterio's segment. 
that happened later on. And yes, I am going out of place because I'm just trying to make this recap as interesting as possible. And whatever the conversation leads, it leads. I'm not going to be one of these people, WWE presents Crown Jewel from Saudi Arabia, uh, October 31st, 2019, attendance 17,146. The pre-show had the 20 men over the top battle royal. The first person eliminated was Drake Maverick. The second person eliminated was blah, blah, blah. The third person, I don't fucking do that. Whatever I feel like talking about, that's what I talk about. And by the way, you know, a little tidbit, and yes, I did my research, because I was curious. I don't know if anybody out there has ever been curious. You're curious what time it, it is in Saudi Arabia? Are you curious what time? Because it ended over here about, what, 4.30? Four, yeah, about 4.30 in the afternoon. For those that don't know, nah, Maurice, you're a little off. The, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one, because I actually checked. Uh, it was, it ended four thirty. You know what? He may be right because he may not live in New York. So his time zones a little different, but here in New York, it was four 30. No, wait, what am I saying? Brain fart, brain fart. doesn't matter if he lives in California, Jersey, New York, or fucking Iraq. The time in Saudi Arabia is still the time in Saudi Arabia, no matter where any of us live. Duh. Slap myself in the head. Sorry about that. Everybody. When that event ended, it was 1130 PM. So my God, how many of you out there that have little youngins, kids, you know, nephews, nieces, friends that have little kids and you, oh, daddy, I want to go to Raw. Yeah, but it ends at 11 o'clock at night. But daddy, daddy, Saudi Arabia, you had those little kids going home at midnight. And please, God, please stop, 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 stop the fucking red lighting for Bray Wyatt against Seth Rollins. And I'll tell you the reason why I really don't like that lighting. Not that it's annoying. It's not that annoying to me. The reason why I hate that light is because it totally, totally goes against Seth Rollins. WWE is having a hard time with Seth Rollins. See, with Seth Rollins, and I have defended him quite a bit. Everybody knows that I have praised him for being a big-time cheerleader for WWE. There's a lot of things I don't like about Seth Rollins, but I always bring up that it's the character. I said for a while now, I feel like I'm watching not Seth freaking Rollins, but Seth Scaredy Cat Rollins or Seth freaking Scaredy Cat. Or, as I called him several months ago, Roman Rollins. He's turning into Roman Reigns. And the thing is, is that a lot of it is not necessarily his fault. Sure, he has said things online that have really rubbed people the wrong way. And I think he's put his foot in his mouth. But the one thing Seth Rollins does not understand is that in all forms of life, in sports, entertainment, working, playing fucking chess, playing video games, on a baseball field, fucking being an entertainer, you do get into lulls. You, he could think that he's fucking cutting great promos and putting on great performances in the ring, and the guy is athletic, and the guy is fucking beating his body down in the ring for our entertainment. No question whatsoever. He does not win it. He really works his ass. The problem is, is that if you tell the wrong story in the ring, it pisses people off. 
They have made Bray Wyatt into a badass. Bray Wyatt is fucking cool. Bray Wyatt is totally anti-fucking this PG family, even though it's mocking cartoon and all the other shit. It is fucking, it's a monster. And sometimes it's cool to fucking see the monster kill the people. How many of you have gone to horror films throughout the years and you cheer when some fucking dumb bitch just runs in the corner and urinates all over herself instead of fucking looking at the door that's open that says, like, it's like a bad Bugs Bunny Roadrunner cartoon. Open here, here with a big arrow. My God, Roadrunner would fucking run out that, that they go in the corner. Of course, that's the way it's written, but that's the problem with Seth Rollins. It's the way it's written. They're trying so hard to recover the damage that has been building with Seth Rollins for a little while. And they did it at, at uh, Hell in a Cell. And it fell flat. It fell terrible. But instead, you, you remember what I said about a month ago? That look at Seth Rollins two years ago, three years ago to now. Two, three years ago when Seth Rollins stunk up the joint because he didn't tell the right story. He would say, hey, everybody, you know, it's on me. I own this one. He would fucking, you know, even though he may not have needed to apologize, he immediately stepped up and took the blame. Now it's the fans' fault. They're fickle. They're fickle. They're this, they're that. They're not fickle. And what are you going to say about the Saudi Arabia fans today? They're fickle. Saudi Arabia wants to see WWE live and in person so much that Doink the fucking clown could be 85 years old, come back from the grave, you know, fucking Matt Bourne, fucking go out there and honk a horn and fucking people would pop for it. And the fact that they come all these miles and the fans are still booing Seth Rollins, that ain't just fucking fickle fans. Something is going wrong with Seth Rollins. So how do you fucking try to fix the problem? You have a match, a rematch with Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, and you make the lighting red to tr give this aura that suits the Fiend, that you put it, you you don't put the lights red to enhance, I know what they're trying to do, it's spooky, it's spooky, it's eerie, it looks like a monster, a boogeyman, when you go in your basement late at night, and everything is quiet, and you swore you heard something, and everything is dark, and you start getting scared. And even though you saw nothing, whatever you did in the basement, for whatever reason, you had to drop laundry down there. And what did you do? You run up the scares. But meanwhile, nothing happened. They wanted to give this spooky. And it's not just because it's Halloween. They wanted to make it spooky and dark and evil. That doesn't help Seth Rollins at all. It helps Bray fucking Wyatt. So what do you do? He's getting booed. He's getting ripped apart. You don't just take the belt off of him. You think tomorrow? This isn't like the fucking goose on the internet. Give me what I want. Give me what I need. And then you give them what they want and what they need. And oh. I haven't done this since I was eight months old. I'm sucking on the nipple right now or on a bow. You think that's what these fucking people are online? Take the title off of Seth Rollins. And they're fucking sucking on the nipple. Now they're happy. Now they're quiet. I need this. Give me what I want. Give me what I need. All right, you give me this. Now they're quiet. They're going to complain about the next fucking thing. You did nothing today to help Seth Rollins. You think tomorrow? Because Seth Rollins doesn't have the belt anymore. People are going to be like... 
Oh, now we can burn it down, burn it down, burn it down, burn my balls. That dark lighting does nothing to help Seth Rollins. Zero. Absolutely zero. Quote Randy Orton, stupid, 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 stupid. Anyway, if anybody saw the pre-show, how great was Ric Flair's million-dollar promo? Ric Flair, look, it's depressing. You could see he doesn't have many years left. He is a shell of a man. My God, God bless everybody who is a journalist that loves Ric Flair. They tried so hard to convince themselves that Ric Flair could possibly still... How many of you read these reports online? Ric Flair cleared to take bumps! Clear. Why would you want that? Why would you want that? Ric Flair cleared to take bumps! Yay! I read this stuff and I want to fucking bash my head with a fucking axe. You got to ignore these people. I know some of you out there get really annoyed with me with the constant tweet fucking, tweet fucking, tweet fucking, goofy, 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 goofy. But you're seeing it now. We're consumed with it all of a sudden because social media has become a drug. There are people out there that are addicted for attention and acknowledgement. You see it every day. You see people that we know doing it. And when you have an addiction, you don't admit that you have the addiction or you don't care when people are ex- expose you of the addiction because the addiction is so fucking hard that you don't care. I got to get my fix. Got to get my fix. The Saudi Arabia pay-per-view sucks, but I'm going to tweet 8,500 times about it. You know, I'm menstruating, everybody. You know, I'm a man, but I'm menstruating. I mean, men- there are people that see wrestling, see the glass half full. There are some people that see it half empty. There are some people who are not happy with the current product. Totally respect that. I don't care who you are. You have every right to criticize. But when it comes to the point that you're just menstruating every time wrestling is on, you are just doing it for attention. Because my God, I when my girlfriend fucking used to, when it first came on the air, Total Divas. Hey, watch Total Divas with me. And I'm saying to myself, Oh, if that's what I got to do to get laid tonight, okay, fine. And I watch it. And as I'm watching it, it's like chalk on a blackboard. Anybody out there, and and I know this sounds really, really cold, but I, I guarantee you that some of you out there will have the balls to admit it. Any of you out there ever been in a relationship with someone and they may have a pet or a relative or they may have something in their house that whenever you went over the house, you would get this really awkward chill, like like this real cringe chill, like every time you're around it. I dated a girl once, and she had a dog, and the dog was the cutest fucking dog around, but for some reason, every time I went over that house and the dog would fucking jump up, I get this cringy chill down my back, like, get the fuck away from me. Get away from me. I mean, I wouldn't be like, get the fuck away. Yeah, maybe I thought that inside, but I would never lay my hands on an animal. But sometimes you just get so cringed over stuff. So what do you do? You avoid it. Stay away from it. You know, instead of talking about what the problems are, how's about posting the solutions? How's about praising what you do like? Mansour tonight tore the building down. That guy, when he looked shocked during that match, I honestly think that he was in that match shocked saying to myself, 
Did I just, did, you're like, Urkel, did I do that? Holy shit, that was pretty damn good. Did I do that? I'm pretty damn good. He deserved to get that praise tonight. And even with his fucking performance, people are still putting him down. If you complained about Mansoor's match tonight, then you honestly should just cut your wrestling nuts off. And if you're a woman... I don't, I don't know what you would do in that case. Maybe you grow balls and then you cut them off again. But um, there was no reason to complain. This is Saudi Arabia event. Everything is done a little bit differently. You know, people are like, oh, look at the pie. This was great today. Look at the pyro. Look at all this crazy pyro. How come WWE doesn't go that far? They blow wind and smoke. When you need to do more pyro? Well, that's because Saudi Arabia paid for fucking almost all of the fireworks tonight, nimwits. Uh, yeah, Anthony Cheeseball's nose. I know. You, you want to see something funny? I thought it was funny. The pre-show today, you got Scott Stanford, Charlie Caruso, David Otunga, Booker T. Unfortunately, they're standing behind some type of fucking countertop. So I couldn't really see, you know, the outfit that Charlie Caruso is wearing because I always admire outfits. I say this in a in a professional way. She's very attractive. Don't don't interpret me as a, any creepy person out there, but I admire her beauty. Um, but if you see at the beginning when she was introducing everyone, Booker T did his five time, you know, WCW champion. I don't know if anybody saw that, but when he lifted his hand. I'm telling you, you got to get a screenshot of it. It looked like he was giving everybody the finger. I thought it was pretty fucking funny. You go back and you watch it. Just little things that I noticed. But anyway, like I said earlier, the pre-show, Ric Flair cut a million-dollar promo. Entertaining. And yes, it is depressing to see Ric Flair really getting up there in age. Appreciate the time that he has left. And because he's not going to be around that much longer. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's very depressing to see people that you grew up with become mortal. I mean, it just, it happens. It happens to all of us. We're all going to be gone at some point. Um, and again, you know, even though I laughed at all of these people, make it, you know, trying to convince themselves that Ric Flair is going to do the fucking back body drop bump, you know, it wasn't the case. And I don't think WWE is going to take that chance. Ric Flair is still a kid at heart. But his body is not. And that's that's the thing. But I love this promo. And it was great. So anyway, um, the kickoff match tonight, we had the 20-man battle royal. The winner earning a title shot later on in the night against AJ Styles. I thought Cedric Alexander was going to get it. And, you know, I, I had mentioned also early in the week, Umberto Carrillo. The only reason why I went with Alexander instead of Carrillo, and you, everybody knows, man, I am straight up with everybody here. I don't fucking lie. I don't tweet fuck. I tell you straight up, even if it gets me in trouble. I honestly thought that they were going to give uh, Cedric Alexander against AJ Styles because, number one, they have great matches together. Number two, Cedric Alexander seems like all of a sudden he's starting to hit a lull. And number three, because he was brought up in the whole thing with Jordan Miles earlier this week, his name was, you know, brought up in that whole thing. I thought, okay, maybe WWE will, you know, give him that opportunity. That's the reasons why I thought it. Nothing more, nothing less. I didn't think Carrillo would get the shot again because he got two opportunities on TV the last two weeks. And, you know, I, I'm a fan of Carrillo. You know, I mean, 
I, I saw a lot of people who think he's just another 205 Live guy. You know, hey, um, I tried doing this yesterday. Unfortunately, I don't have. I don't want to like hit my microphone and possibly break it. I got to bring a piece of wood next to my desk. This way, I could do like the knocking sound. You know, here. You know what? I got my little lamp over here. Hello, McFly. It's two thousand fucking nineteen. This isn't nineteen eighty eight anymore, McFly. You're going to see the Umberto Carrillos. This is what it is now. They won't be, you know, the top five of all the heavyweights that are out there. But he is talented. The, yeah, I don't like his haircut. Between him and fucking Sammy Guevara, I'm still trying to figure out which one I hate the more as far as haircut goes. You know, I, I, one day, there's got to be like a Latino convention somewhere. There's got to be some type of Latino wrestling convention. I want to do like an episode of Impractical Jokers. And I want Carrillo and Guevara to have an autograph signing together. And I want to go up to them and I want to fucking be with Joe Gatto and others. And I could blame it on them. And I, and while they're fucking standing, looking the other way, I cut their hair. Seriously, zip, zip, zip. Oh, you know, I, I didn't know. And then fucking air it on Impractical Joke. I want to shave both their heads. You know, it's the only thing I don't like about Carrillo is hair, but I still think Carrillo is better suited as a heel because he's got those dimples. Come on, those are heel dimples. Those are heel dimples. Car you know why I say Carrillo Empire Weed? Because anybody that lives in New York, does anybody remember Carrillo Tours? Carrillo? Carrillo's an Italian name. I know it's Carrillo, Carrillo, but I'm Italiano, so I say Carrillo. You know, and you know what? Fuck you. And I say that with love. How many of you out there go to a fucking store and say, I got to get myself a container of that ricotta cheese. It's not ricotta. It's ricotta. You say tomato. I say tomato. You say ricotta. I say ricotta. You say carillo. I say carillo. Carillo. How does about we compromise? Yeah, he's got heel dimples, man. Come on, carillo. He's got heel dimples. But I didn't think he would get the third opportunity. And you know what? I am so happy that I got that prediction wrong. Because two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I praised the fuck that he got brought up to the main roster. And I'm concerned that after six months, where does that leave him with, you know, opponents? But for every goof that made fun of his robe two weeks ago, and now he wore the robe again today, now the robe don't look so bad, right? Most of these goofs that complain about his robe, the only robe that they have is in their bathroom. And it's all fucking dirty because they can't afford to buy bleach. I mean, they'd rather just fucking buy, you know, a, a, a better fucking internet speed connection for their home. This way, when they hit reload to see how many likes did I get? How many likes did I get? How many likes did I get? Oh, my God. Oh, I showed everybody there. Ah, I just made fun of Mansoor. Ah, that's going to get 17 likes. How many likes did I get? How many likes did I get? Oh, my God. How many likes did I get? God. Notice how, and, and I'm going to say this, and, and I promise you, I promise you, I will act like an alcoholic who just went into AA. For the next two weeks, I will eliminate as much references about goofy podcasters and tweet fucking. I promise you that, but I have to say one more. Going forward, when you see these podcasters and webmasters, websites, bloggers, reporters, whatever, when you see them writing like a child, it's not me just trying to ruin the happiness and the laughter and the fun. I'm all about fun. We're having fun right now. I'm fucking having a ball. 
Come on, you hear the energy? I love doing this shit. This is fun. I see the glass half full, not half empty. I think Wednesday nights are awesome right now. It's not for everyone. It's a niche product Wednesday, but come on, make the best of it. But I'm going to say just this, and I promise you no more for the next two weeks. I promise you, you have my word. You have my word. Next time you see these goofs that are not that are un, over the age of 21 years old, 25 years old, let's go 30 years old. You see any of these goofs online over the age of 30 writing these one-liners about every fucking little fart, every fucking dopey thing that you wouldn't even see when you were 14 years old in high school. Take notice of their relationship status. Take note how many of them are actually married and how many of them even have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And yes, some women are guilty of this as well. All right. The, and, and the ones who claim that they have a significant other, they may tweet about it. They may Facebook about it. They may even talk about it on a podcast. You will never see a photo. You Take notice of all these people who claim they have a relationship. Take notice of how none of their significant other has a social media page. Uh, just, just think about that. They have nobody because I mean this of anything I say today, I think I probably mean this the most sincere because if any of them, any grown ass adult had a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, fiance, you know, whoever, and those significant others saw their loved one writing like a 10 year old, I'd break up with them in a second. Yeah, I hate this man says I say it every show, but for the next two weeks, I won't say it. How's that? I promise you, you have my word. I swear to you, I swear to you, I'm not doing a show for the next two weeks. No, I, I am. But no, I promise you, no more goofs, no more tweet fucking in the next two weeks. Promise you, you have my word. So anyway, Umberto Carrillo, he wins the 20-man battle royal. It was a fun battle royal. What I liked the most about the battle royal Anybody know? Not even a spot. Let's go, Harper. Let's go, Harper. Happened several times throughout that match. Luke Harper, to me, was the most over guy in that match. Sure, some wrestlers got bigger pops at times, but I loved Luke Harper, uh, the crowd reaction. Didn't get, it wasn't in unison, but let's go, Harper chants were pretty fucking cool. Um, that was a funny spot with no way, no way, Jose, you know, look, can I call him a goof or it, I just can't use that word at all. Uh, everybody out there, no way, Jose, uh, you know, pretty dumb. Hey, him and Tozawa, you know, both of them today. I mean, just stupid. Jose's telling Harper and Rowan, let's dance, let's dance motherfuckers. And Luke Harper does like his Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta thing for two seconds and then he uh, clotheslines Jose, and pff, you're gone. And then what happens? You know, you think Tozawa, and I'm talking in storyline, you think he would take a, a, a lesson from Noe Jose. All right, you don't fuck with these two guys. What does Tozawa do? All of a sudden, he speaks a great English. He goes up to uh, Eric Rowan, and he just touches him, and, he, and he's basically saying, I fight you now. I beat you up. Challenge me. I can take you. No, you can't take him. Him and Harper just beat the fuck out of him. Eric Rowan puts him on the top rope. Luke Harper super kicks him. Bye-bye. Tozawa, gone. So, uh, but, you know, not a bad match, you know, towards the end. I don't know why, but for some reason, in storyline, you have the three remaining people being Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, Alberto Carrillo. 
Those are the remaining three. And instead, because Luke Harper and Eric Rowan were working together throughout the match, for some reason, both of them decide to menstruate as well. Maybe menstruate will replace the goofy term for the next two weeks. But they're, they're getting pissed off at each other for no reason. It's not like one of them botched the, the other and then they get angry. Carillo's in the corner, goofy hair and all. Um, in storyline, um, let's both eliminate this motherfucker and then, you know, we'll figure it out. No, what they start doing, they because this is the only way it's believable to have them eliminated. And you see what WWE did. You know, they're not stupid. Rowan, Harper, two different brands. You know, by the time Survivor Series comes around, Crown Jewel is a distant memory. So Rowan fucking scoops up Harper, dumps him over, and Harper, Harper's like, the fuck you doing? And Carillo throws Rowan over the rope. Blah, 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 blah. Done. That's it. And look, as far as Carillo's hair, I agree with people out there that say, hey, it's a little bit of a different look. Absolutely. If his hair is totally trimmed short, then we'd be like, wow, he looks really generic. My God, remember Chad Gable when he first cut his hair? People like, he looks just looks like a child now. He like all of his like unique look. He looked like just a regular wrestler. That's why they had to do this shorty G stuff. Maybe it's not the greatest outfit, but you felt like they needed to now enhance Chad Gable a different way. So anyway, we now go into the pay-per-view. And, you know, look, we I've been doing this now 51 minutes. I figured I'd be done by now. But um, I've already talked about a lot of these matches. So I don't need to go step-by-step step with each match. We could all go basically overview a few of them. But the Brock Lesnar came Velasquez match. Velasquez booed. You know, Rey Mysterio, Dominic, Eddie Guerrero could have came back. And, you know, Velasquez, Mahomey. Mahomey, I don't think it matters. Cain Velasquez does not come across as likable. Cain Velasquez comes across as someone, like he comes across as Rey Mysterio's bodyguard. And, you know, he looks like the type of guy that should be in the corner of Enzo, where Enzo fucks with people. And then when you're about to punch Enzo in the mouth, Cain Velasquez goes in front of him and you can't do nothing about it because you know he'd break your elbow. Cain Velasquez, you just want to see fucking get hit by uh, an ice cream truck. You know, he and trust me, he is not bad in the ring. He's better than what you saw today. But he got booed. He's not portrayed as likable, no matter how much he's in the corner of Rey Mysterio. And he doesn't have charisma. He He's intimidating. He's intimidating, no question. And he is talented, but he, he's lacking that charisma. And that match was not good. Um, the reason why I didn't have much of a problem with the match is because, number one, it was in Saudi Arabia, and you can't look at it the same way as a WWE pay-per-view because Saudi Arabia paid for a lot of their paycheck. Saudi Arabia wanted this, this, and that. If that was WWE, they would have booked the match entirely different. But this was going to be a two-minute Simulate MMA. Come on. I don't follow MMA, but I'm smart enough to know that some matches, if someone is careless, as soon as the bell rings, you put your opponent in a submission move, the match is over in 30 seconds. 
you know, you're looking at two MMA guys who happen to wrestle. Brock Lesnar obviously wrestled before he went MMA, but right now you're looking at two MMA guys. So if somebody puts in a fucking sudden arm lock, arm bar, and the match is over in 30 seconds, you can't look at it like a wrestling fan and go, two minutes, 10 seconds? Wait, what, what's this? This is the worst heavyweight championship match of all time. You're looking at it totally wrong. Come on. I mean, I will say this. People that may have not paid close attention to that match might have got a little nervous for a second because I think some people for a split second thought that Cain Velasquez got the win. Because um, there was a few people on social media that wrote Cain, C-A-I-N, in big capital letters, and I think they didn't realize that Brock Lesnar actually had the submission move on. So, um, But that's it. The match ended in two minutes. What I was saying earlier uh, that I want to bring up now, something that Ray said that I don't think helped Cain Velasquez at all. Later on in the night, after the chair bashing by Ray and you know everything that happened, Ray was interviewed in the back. And basically, Ray's cutting his promo saying, Brock Lesnar, this, this isn't done. What you did to me, what you did to my son, revenge, revenge, revenge. Okay, that none of that I had a problem with. But during Ray's comment, go back and watch it. Ray says, and I quote, you got... You, you got past Velasquez, Cain Velasquez, but you have to get through me. Think about that for a minute. Ray just said, you got past Cain Velasquez, but you still got to go through me. Um, right now, Cain Velasquez needs to look as this so intimidating motherfucker and Ray Mysterio's making it sound like, I know it wasn't his intention, but he's making it sound like, like if you have like the B team, and the B team is part of a faction, and you ultimately get to Randy Orton. Oh, you got past the B team, but you got to get past me, you know. And I think it should that should not have been mentioned because to me it really made Velasquez look like okay, you you beat the job, guy. Now you got to get through me. So again, it wasn't his attention, but you could see where that would that wasn't probably well received. Now, tag team turmoil. For the World Cup to determine the best tag team in the world. Um, yeah, I thought New Day was getting it. Um, SmackDown, they're getting another fucking title shot. But hey, you know, after Xavier Woods getting this injury, I, I talked about it last week. Um, that, you know, a lot of people are still not happy with the way Kofi lost that title. Was it time to take the title off him? Absolutely. But he, me, I really felt that he deserved a better loss than what he got. So I'm not saying they're going to win the tag titles tomorrow, but putting Kofi right back into any title pitcher, um, I have no problem with it. But uh, I thought New Day would win it today. I know some people out there, the minute we heard that they were getting a title shot on SmackDown, we figured, okay, they probably don't need the best in the world, you know, a trophy attached to them. Uh, but I don't think many people ever thought that uh, you would have the OC win the tag team turmoil. I, I thought it was okay. You know, it just, again, nothing about it really stood out. There was some fun moments, you know, with the, uh, the heavy machinery and New Day. Otis is obviously very charismatic. Viking Raiders were more over than I thought they would be. And again, you got the Viking Raiders and some people getting really nice pops in Saudi Arabia and Seth Rollins gets booed. That should tell you something. That really should. But um, 
we have the OC getting the win, and they are the best in the world. And uh, I don't think anybody would object to that. The way they've been utilizing WWE, some people have not been thrilled with it. But, uh, hey, you know, they got a nice little rub and no, no issues there. Mansoor versus Cesaro. I praised the hell out of it earlier. Very competitive match. Cesaro made him look like a million dollars. But let's also point out that Mansoor, when he hit his moves, he was smooth. He was on point. Yeah, you know, the emotional thing was a little bit over the top, but that's because he's in his hometown. He's a hero there. So you want to get the crowd pumped up and really energetic. So I had no issue with this match. To me, it was my favorite match of the night. And do I will I lose sleep if I don't see Mansoor again for another year? No, but I liked the match. It was great. And for everybody out there, they immediately started making fun of this guy one minute into the match, just like they did with Alberto Carillo two weeks ago. You know, I, I'm, I hope, you know, you feel dopey. So, but great match, won 12 minutes, and it was really fun. Uh, Mansoor giving his speech to his, you know, the local crowd, nothing wrong with that either. Is he absolutely polished on the mic? No, but it was heartfelt emotion. And I, I thought it was fine. Again, look at the Saudi Arabia events differently than you look at a regular WWE pay-per-view. You have to. Otherwise, you get caught up in these, Brock Lesnar only do two minutes. He got the Saudi money he picked up and left. Well, what about fucking Velasquez getting crazy money for work in two minutes and getting up and get Everybody shit on Brock Lesnar, but I don't see anybody open their fucking mouth about Velasquez. It's a payday. My God, if any of you out there had the opportunity to go work somewhere for, for fucking three minutes and get a crazy payday, what are you going to say? No. No. I got to work 30 minutes. No. Morons. Braun Strowman, Tyson Fury next. Tyson Fury obviously has to be careful. Some people are overanalyzing his work. Um... He's a boxing champion. I mean, I don't know what people expected from him, but he did more than what I thought he was going to do. That match actually went eight minutes, and it was not a bad eight minutes. It was funny after the match was over when Braun Strowman was going to the back. I don't know if anybody heard him basically yelling at Strowman and saying to him, come back, you pussy. I thought that was pretty funny. But the match was was good. It, it, it you know, we have seen you know, other athletes in other sports get involved in pro wrestling in the past. And sometimes it is really a hard sell to get that suspension of disbelief. You know, maybe it's a hard sell before the match happens, but during the match it's even bigger hard sell because of the way they perform. And there's been a lot of examples over the years where an athlete in a different sport has a pro wrestling match and it has got awful. Tyson Fury did not embarrass himself today. And uh, even with a win, I mean, if he did not look good, even with a win, I think people still would have shit all over it. Tyson Fury did not stink up the joint. He actually defeated Braun Strowman, you know, knocked him out technically because he punched Braun Strowman, fell out to ringside, stumbled on the floor, couldn't make the 10 count, wins by count out. 
And then all of a sudden, the, once Fury won, Strowman comes back in, power slams him, gets you know gets the momentum back on his side. You know, basically before anybody could say, "Oh my God, this boxer beat Braun Strowman." What is happens next for Braun Strowman? Braun Strowman got loopy. That's the storyline. He got loopy. He didn't make the ten count, but was pissed as a motherfucker after and hit the move. My prediction. Tyson Fury needs to have at least one more televised appearance in WWE sooner than later. And I think Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman need to show that sign of respect towards each other and eliminate any tension going forward. Even if you have what I thought would happen today, even if you haven't happened on SmackDown or whatever, whatever, and... um. You know, Strowman calls out Fury and, you know, they, they shake hands and then somebody comes out, you know, puts the bad mouth to them, gets knocked out. End of it. So no harm done to Braun Strowman. Anybody thinks that Braun Strowman's career is severely injured because of losing tonight doesn't understand. They really don't. So throughout the night, we had a little bit of 24-7 involvement you know, Sunil Singh, who was in the 20-man over-the-top battle royal, they announced early that because he was in the battle royal, he could not, the 24-7 title could not be uh, uh, in effect, the 24-7 rule. So as soon as he got eliminated from the 20-man over-the-top battle royal, R-Truth rolled him up, pinned him, and got the title back. So we thought that R-Truth was going to be going back to the United States with the 24-7 title. Later on in the night, R-Truth is being interviewed in the back. And, you know, next thing you know, he's confronted by both Singh brothers. He runs into a fucking door, knocks himself out. Sunil Singh uh, pins R-Truth, regains the 24-7 title, exits. So Sunil Singh, uh, did I, am I saying Sunil Singh? Excuse me, Samir Singh. Isn't it Samir Singh? I just had a brain cramp. It's Samir Singh. The Singh brother, how's that? Samir Singh regains the 24-7 title. So now we have AJ Styles versus Umberto, don't call me Carrillo, Carrillo for the U.S. title. Um, Carrillo is showing a lot, very talented. Um, you know, not to, to the liking of a lot of people, but did not embarrass himself. You know, once again... You know, he's having that one spot that basically causes him the win. You know, this time it was selling a knee injury. And it's the right way to go right now. Because so far, Umberto Carrillo is 0-3 on WWE television, the main roster. And I don't think anybody out there thinks that Carrillo is being jobbed out at all. All right. Yeah, maybe you might say that because of match placement. Hey, you know, he's up there on the card. It's not the point. He's lost all three matches, but he really hasn't lost. That's why they're putting him against champions, because he shouldn't be a champion right now. But if he could take a champion close to the limit, that helps Carrillo. It doesn't hurt the champion. And that's basically what we have. Uh, Natty versus Lacey Evans next. And I already talked about most of this. You know, they had a decent match in the ring. They were fully clothed. They were wearing long T-shirts. 
Um, Lacey Evans' shirt was a little bit shorter, and I think uh, some people were a little concerned, like she might have been showing a little bit too much ass. You have to understand Saudi Arabia and the culture and the religion and everything about that country to understand some of the things that I say and others. You can't just look at it at face value and think if you have to research. You have to try to understand what's going on. Because if you don't, put it this way, you would think after the last couple of years with Saudi Arabia that it's not even news anymore that they're going to be fully clothed. There's a no skin rule. That no skin rule has been in effect. That's not news. That's not anything new. But some people are acting like, you know, that they never knew this before that are reporting this. They're just looking to get attention. But the match was fine. And after the match is over, both of them got extremely emotional, hugging in the ring. You could see Lacey Evans really, you know, losing it. And, you know, they hugged someone at ringside. Again, I will find out who that woman was. I know that she's part of the... Uh, sports council or something in Saudi Arabia, but she really, that woman really lobbied to get WWE uh, to, to be able to get a women's match on WWE's crown jewel. Um, and I got news for you. I don't care if you're a huge fan of, of other women. And again, I'm not going to disrespect any individual women on the WWE roster. You could absolutely despise Natty and Lacey Evans, and you could sell me and convince me why some other person should have been in that position tonight. You know, especially because, oh, look at the women today, and you need to really, you know, Natty didn't need that spot. She is a perfect ambassador for WWE. She gets it. She's got no baggage at all. She is truly a good person. And those hugs were genuine. The hug with that woman, genuine. Her trying to take selfies at ringside, this is very, very deep and emotional. Guys, you'll never understand it. I'll never feel, well, you shouldn't say understand. You'll never feel that. I'll never feel that. You know, understand that there's a reason why this is such a powerful moment for them. You, they have the first women's tag title, so the Evolution pay-per-view. And a lot of people, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It really is. You may not feel that way, but, you know, you got to respect the fact that it is. So that match is over. Next, we have the team um, Hogan versus Team Flair. And I, I don't think there was any doubt Team Hogan was going to get this win. This is the feel-good. Roman Reigns is still, you know, up there on the food chain, contrary to what a lot of people have been thinking. I said, you know, WWE just keeping his seat warm. They, they're they putting him right back into the mainstream push. You, you see, just a couple of months away, you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, once again, Ricochet, you know, people immediately making fun of his outfit, you know, just totally naive. Um I didn't like the fact that Rusev was allowing a referee to really separate him from Lashley. Lana was shown on the rampway with Bobby Lashley for a couple of seconds. Lana wearing a full, you know, outfit, making sure that only her face and her hands, as far as skin goes, was visible. She looked very elegant. And even if you disagree with the no skin rule, 
in Saudi Arabia, even if you disagree with, you know, the way women have to be seen right now, you know, it's a start. It's a start. I thought you're in a different country. As much as you may disagree with some policy, you still have to show respect. If you don't want to show respect, you don't go. Plain and simple. There was some names visibly absent on this show. And if people read between the lines a year ago, some people made, or two years ago, some people made some very innocent excuses why they couldn't appear. And now this is two plus years later and they still haven't appeared. What's the excuse now? And then there's some others who really just said point blank, I don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. It is optional. For some people, it, it may feel optional, but you know, without naming names, some people who feel, it feels like their push was taken away because they did not appear in Saudi Arabia. Think back to the last event and you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't want to name names, but you could pretty much fill in the blanks. So Team Hogan uh, gets the win. Um, a little bit too much outrage online about Roman Reigns uh, kicking out of the RKO. I don't think there was, people forget about that. It's a Saudi Arabia event. You know, oh my God, the RKO, people are starting to kick out of it. Yeah, that'll happen again. But don't read anything into it. It was just to make Roman Reigns, you know, feel invincible, like, you know, nothing is going to hold him down. Uh, so now we get the main event. Seth Rollins defending the Universal title against Bray Wyatt. Falls count anywhere. Match. Nothing could stop the match. Uh, again, the red lighting, big mistake, does not help Seth Rollins at all. Um, they want it to be as eerie and gloomy as possible, and the red light kind of enhances that. It helps Bray Wyatt, doesn't help Seth Rollins. Um, I'm getting a little bit sick and tired of curb stomps. Um, I don't need to see four, five, six, eight, nine curb stomps, but that's pretty much the deal. You know, Bray Wyatt is today's Undertaker. You know, back in the day, the Undertaker, no matter how many times you would hit him, gets right back up, gets right back up, gets right back up. Uh, Bray Wyatt is being more like a boogeyman. You can't kill a boogeyman. And Bray Wyatt, this time around, you know, he got the win. And again, this does not help Seth Rollins in any way. And let's see what happens on SmackDown tomorrow. Because I talked about this uh, two days ago. I don't think The Fiend in gear is going to be interviewed by The Miz. I think it's got to be Bray Wyatt himself. Because why would a monster, even with a belt in his hand, why would a monster start carrying a conversation with anybody? So Bray Wyatt himself, in my opinion, needs to come out. And remember, it's Bray Wyatt who's the champion, not The Fiend. There's a big difference there. The Fiend is is a nickname. That's how they're labeling it. Yes, he is dressed up as a monster. He has the mask on. But other wrestlers have had masks on in the past. But Bray Wyatt gets the win. They had the segment towards the end where they're battling by the stage. And Rollins is hitting curb stomp after curb stomp. And... Uh, why it gets put through like the stage area and you got explosions and a little bit of fire and they came out with fire extinguishers to really enhance, you know, the the feeling of it. 
And Seth Rollins thinks, you know, he killed the boogeyman. Look like a bad horror film. You know, he's facing the wrong way, like a bad horror film. He's facing the wrong way. When you kill the boogeyman or you kill a monster, you never let that monster out of your sight. And it was like a bad movie. Seth Rollins is facing the camera with the monster behind him. And what happens? Seth Rollins gets up, crowd pops, Rollins turns around, and the monster kills him. That's pretty much was the end of the match. And it goes off the air with Bray Wyatt as your heavyweight champion. The fans enjoyed it. I mean, there were This Is Awesome champs on the show. The big dilemma now, and yeah, Shazzy, I was just going to say this. You, you have to think about it. And remember what I said two weeks ago. Remember I said that they got to do a trade and bring Bray Wyatt to Raw. I don't know if that trade will still happen, but right now you have the Raw champion and the SmackDown champion on the same brand. You have Wyatt and Lesnar both on SmackDown. Now, who knows? It could be right now, Kyrie Sane and Asuka are Raw wrestlers. So if they lose the tag titles, they remain on Raw. Are they going to do the reverse now? And because Bray Wyatt won the Raw championship, that Bray Wyatt now is on Raw, but when he loses the belt, he's back on SmackDown. Get it? They might do that. And that kind of comes off stupid if you think of the storyline of Fox versus USA Network or NBC Universal. So let's see what happens tomorrow. There's some questions about championships that have to be answered. And let's hope WWE doesn't just, you know, act careless with it. Because, again, I don't mind seeing Bray Wyatt fighting for the Raw title, even though he's a SmackDown guy. But as I've brought up before, here in my neck of the woods, they're advertising Rollins versus Wyatt. And this was before Wyatt even became champion. If you just had this entire draft in, you know, emphasizing that Raw wrestlers cannot be on SmackDown anymore and vice versa, they were advertising this match before Bray Wyatt won the title. And people were like, what the fuck just happened with this draft? This is why some fans are getting a little bit sick of it. It's not any one thing. It's not any one person. But, you know, when you just see bad decision, dumb decision, things that are corny, things don't make sense, things that just feel lazy, you're just winging it. Some people not performing, you know, telling the best story that they could, blaming it on others. You think Seth, and I have, again, I have defended Seth Rollins quite a bit, but you think Seth Rollins has helped his cause all the time when he voices out the way he does? Sometimes it rubs people even more the, the wrong way. WWE's got to do a better job at damage control for some stars. There's too many people on that roster, whether it's 24 videos or doing interviews or podcasts, whatever it is. There's too many people on that roster that blame uh, fans or try to say, oh, it's a very small, loud portion. Explain the Saudi Arabia crowd to me today. That crowd today, I was very curious. I expected them to pop for Rollins simply because they're very happy to have WWE there. So you expect them to be a little bit more excited about every person that goes. And they still, there was a decent amount of booze for Seth Rollins. So anyway, with that said, I am done. I hope you enjoyed this recap. Um, just a reminder for those on Patreon, 
Tomorrow night, Mish and I will be doing breakfast soup right after SmackDown. Because it is technically Wild Card Friday, everybody on Patreon will have access to that show. We will go live immediately after SmackDown goes off the air. I will not be on Monday night. I am taking Monday off to rest you know, just not my voice, but also my mind a little bit recharge because going to be right back in the swing of it next Wednesday with Dynamite. And then next Thursday, you got breakfast soup. Next Friday will be uh, Wild Card Friday. Next Saturday will be blah, blah, blah. And uh, there may be a little name change with one of the shows too. So um, show that I'm involved in, but I'm going to possibly change the name if I ha need to use it in the future, especially for non-Patron shows. So technically tonight, even though it's a pay-per-view recap, I guess this is sort of like the Don Tony show because it's yours truly hosting it. But please, if you agree, disagree with anything I said tonight, by all means, send me your feedback. You know, you can always reach out to me, you comment on Twitter. I mean, I don't bite. I don't fucking get triggered because you disagree with me or you say I'm wrong on something. So by all means, you know, let me know what you think. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at DonTonyD. Um, the website, DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony at DonTony.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And of course, if you like what we do and you want a little bit more, Patreon.com slash DonTony. And once again, as I said, Mish and I will be back Friday for breakfast soup. We were going to do it today, but with this pay-per-view, it was going to be a little bit difficult with the timing, especially since the pre-show started at 12 o'clock. And, you know, unfortunately, I have a full-time office job that I cannot push aside simply because there's a WWE pay-per-view going on in the afternoon. So right now it is literally 5.57 p.m. I have to code it, edit, put this online. And um, thank you, Mark. Greatest, funniest pay-per-view replay or uh, review ever. And I uh, appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, look, I do this for all of you. I honestly do. I appreciate all of your support. I'm not kissing ass. I'm not trying to pander. But I absolutely love each and one of each one of you out there. Even those that are my harshest critics. You know, one thing you you cannot deny, we have fun debating each other. We don't take it personal. At the end of the day, we are all wrestling fans, every one of us. We may like other promotions more than others, but at the end of the day, something about all of us that no other podcast could take away, no other podcaster could take away, and that is the fact that we get along and we respect each other's views even though they're different. And I can't thank you enough for that. So uh, thank you for allowing me to do this you know, going back to 1997, albeit hotlines at that time. But I am so excited for 2020. Can't wait to do video. As I always say, there is no excuse in the world why anybody should ever think that regressing, taking steps back, holding yourself back is a good thing. You always want to strive to do better. You always want to get you know, more listeners. You always want to improve yourself. If you have the capability to expand to, you know, just have a different dimension of yourself, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you welcome it? And I find going into 2020 and doing video as a huge challenge. I thought Wednesday night Dynamite was going to be a challenge. Video is going to even be a bigger challenge, but I will say this, honestly, one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing this is because 
I have been doing it for 23 years. You know, I'm getting older and health-wise is not like it used to be. I have to really, really be have an incentive to keep doing this, you know, besides everybody out there. And doing video and knowing that I'm taking it to another level, I'm as excited as I was in 1997 when I had never done a wrestling hotline before. I'm really excited going into 2020. And for anybody out there that, you know, takes that and tries to get angry with the idea that I'm looking to expand and progress and add another dimension, you know, being able to actually see my face and see my animations and I'm talking to you with my eyes, you know, I mean, it's that's not a bad thing. And I don't understand some people who find that as negative or a threat. And I'll never understand that. So, you know, I look forward to being an even better DT in 2020. So, and I promise everyone, I keep my promise. I will eliminate Goofy and Tweet Fucking for the next two weeks. It's December 31st until uh, the second week in November. I will eliminate it from my vocabulary. So take care, everyone. And yes, Here's to an incredible 2020, everybody. Be well. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you're hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia.